0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Revival, a podcast about small business, disruptive marketing, and charting a course in uncertain times. Today, we're talking with Allison Wisneski, who's an early partner at Lady Justice Brewing Company in Aurora, Colorado, and now their director of sales and marketing. I love what they're up to. Their mission is simply great beer, better world. They focus on promoting the status of women and girls in the state of Colorado through grants given from proceeds of the sales of their beer. They opened up their tap room just a few days before the closure orders came in and are now actively shaping a unique path forward.
1: As far as we know from our research, we are the first fully female owned philanthropic brewery in the world.
0: I'm Morgan Smith, and this is Revival. thing I wanted to know a little bit about was your story joining the company from a very early stage Yes. and how you found yourself in the brewing industry doing sales and marketing
1: yeah so um I grew up in outside of Milwaukee Wisconsin and beer has always been a big part of my life my stepdad worked at Miller uh and at the headquarters in Milwaukee all growing up um so he'd you know, having his shift beers on. It was either Tuesdays or Thursdays at four o'clock. Like, it just, it was something I grew up knowing. And then when I turned 21, it was like, they're cool to get to go to the Miller factory. Uh, and then I got into craft beer also in college. Um, Milwaukee was a great place to get into it. So, beer has always been something I've been really interested in. Um, I homebrewed and was really bad at it. Uh, but I was like, that's fine. I can just drink it. Fast forward, um, I moved to Colorado in 2010 for AmeriCorps and Triple C. And, um, that was really big for me. I had not really left Wisconsin before then. And so that was a huge turning point for me and my relationship with beer coming to Colorado. Uh, And I was like, I'm at the place where fat tire is like, that was a huge thing in 2010, um, for me to get super stoked on. And, um, I met my now wife who is the co-founder, Betsy Lay, um, while serving in AmeriCorps and, uh, we started dating and she was getting into home brewing. Um, so she's a self-taught brewer and it, this is going to sound awful. It shows. Um, but in like, because it was such a long journey, um, our first apartment together had a broken gas stove. So the burner only went up to simmer. So we would try to make beer and it would take all day, all day, all day. Um, That's not great. And we would experiment because why not? So we tried putting rock sugar in. We're like, "What will this do? It will make your bottles explode." Uh, it's just, <laughs> that seems like a great idea, but that was what lesson learned. Yeah, it was a huge, <laughs> huge lessons learned. Uh, that's why we kept the beer in the closet, you know, so it would not explode on us. Um, but in that time of experimenting, learning, what do I like in beer? What do I not like in beer? What is that flavor that I'm tasting? Oh, it's diacetyl. Like. These different things that i'm learning as i'm drinking um along with their founder story so for betsy jen Questa, and kate power the three founders right they served in americorps together and they had a really bad day um which often happens in nonprofit. and they went to go drink at fine street pub in denver and while they were drinking Uh, I think it was Jen who said out loud, I don't get why we can't just do this. Like, why can't we just drink beer and it makes the world a better place? And it was this jokey concept. um, And they're like, yeah, like, and it's women drinking beer and it's just like justice and it's lady justice. And it was this silly drunk idea. Um, Kate and Jen went off to law school pretty soon after that. And um, Kate was writing up for her business law class uh they were like come up with a business and then figure out the legal around it and kate was like i'm just gonna play around with that lady justice idea um she did and after the class her instructor pulled her aside and was like yeah so do this should exist um the concept was born out of this idea of great beer better world and it was how do you brew beer to make the world a better place you give the money back to your community so we've always been really invested both in promoting the status of women and girls in the state of Colorado through grants, because all of our nonprofit backgrounds show how much that group is left behind, um, as well as just making really good beer. Uh, so that's that's been kind of the story from it. Um, and I have a background in marketing, um, journalism, advertising, Fine art photography is my undergrad degree, and then I have a master's of arts in social change. And I've always been focused on how do you take marketing and then make it good for the people. So Lady Justice was a perfect fit. Um, So I joined on and was like, all right, let's make you a website. Let's make you social media names. And they're like, we're not ready. We're not ready for that. We don't have any beer. Um, And I was like, yeah, but we will. So claiming those domain names back in, I think 2012 was like the best choice. Um, <laughs> and early uh, mover. <laughs> yeah. Played well for us in SEO world. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of it. The rest is history. It was Betsy jumping in and taking as many classes as she could online. Um, getting in with the pink boot society, getting in with other amazing female brewers, which take up such a small amount of the brewing industry, but in Colorado is very concentrated.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: We've had the opportunity to get with female brewers, female brewery owners, um, other marketers, this whole conglomerate of people that make such a healthy, robust network of beer makers. And people know us as the plus for us is we're small, we're not threatening. Um, so we can approach with questions. We can approach with, hey, how did you do this? Um, and I don't even wanna say nine ten 10 times out of 10, we get really kind responses. The Colorado brewing community is really cool. So
0: that's amazing. That's awesome. One thing that really, uh, struck me, of course, is the mission of lady justice brewing. And I wanted to dwell a little bit on this, uh, in a couple ways. The first, I did want to know a little bit more about how it works. So somebody buys beer from lady justice. How do those revenues go back in the way that, um, you say they do,
1: Our mission has always been, and always will be, give back to the community. Um, We won't exist if we are not giving back to our community. Um, We started off as a production-only facility. Um, We are an L3C currently, a low profit limited liability company, which is a really unique business model that blends uh, 501C3 with an LLC. Um, So the best example that we have of that is Shoes. Tom's Shoes. You buy a pair, you give a pair. That's how they function. Got it. Um, the rule is that you cannot exist solely to make money. You cannot exist to profit. So for us, we've always known we would like to pay ourselves dollar for dollar what men make in the industry plus some, uh, and we would like to give back. And so that's always been how we are. One day we'll pay ourselves. We're years in at this point and have not done. That. <laughs> One day. Soon. Soon. Uh, not aware of the tap room. It's like, it's actually soon. So that's good. Uh, but The way in which we give back, we started off in this production-only facility, our 323-square-foot room with no windows in the center of a warehouse um, in Mountain View, which is over by Lakeside Amusement Park. This production-only facility for us was creating what we call a community-supported beer membership, so CSB. So like a CSA, but it's for beer. And the way that people join is they purchase a membership and then they come and pick up the beer. It's been specially brewed for this. When we started, we were doing bombers, so those bigger bottles, and then a 12 ounce test recipe. If people liked the test recipe, we would brew it for the next round. Um, Because we were small, we had a custom built system from Colorado Brewing Systems um, that fit into our tiny space that lifted the mash ton out. with a crane, it was it's a whole thing. If you scroll way back in our social media, you can see it, her name was Bruhilda, we loved her deeply. Uh, so that keeping operations super small meant that we were spending a couple hundred bucks to brew beer and bringing in a couple thousand. Uh, we then sat with that money and then took grant applications. Since we all come from the nonprofit background, we were able to take in those grant applications uh, write, write up the form, send out the applications to anybody who works with women and girls in the state of Colorado. That's the only prerequisite that we had. Um, often there were families also and we're like, that's fine. Uh, children, uh, which was a strange conversation. Do do organizations that work with kids want beer money? And mm. then uh, legalized marijuana happened and the mm-hmm. answer became, yeah, they just want the money. Um, yep. So <laughs> great for us. Yep. So we've worked out that way. Um, on this granting system. And another thing that we always want to do is showcase those who are receiving the grants. And so because of those great relationships that we built up with other breweries and other organizations and companies and different folks who are very interested in the social enterprise way of giving, we, host, we would host events at other breweries, do tap takeovers, um, businesses, co-working spaces, anything that would have us and invite the nonprofit to also come in. And so people would come pick up their beer, drink the beer, have a celebration, get to know these nonprofit owners, get to know the people who are winning the grants, who are taking the grants. Um, So we've had from girls going to basketball camp to a classroom that couldn't afford their books to um, Queens of hip hop, like a hip hop dance group To I mean, like, You name it, we've given to it. Hands of the Carpenter, so working with women who are coming out of abusive relationships and teaching them how to fix cars. Like, There's really, really cool organizations that we've given to. um, And we just try to find ways to talk about their stories, share them as often as we can. Um, So that's the giving side. And Uh moving into the taproom space, that's been a huge discussion Uh of like, so how does this go? the plan will be a portion of every beer. So pricing model will be based on cost of the beer that goes into the keg and then what comes out the door. Um, Trying to keep it affordable, um, but having it at a little higher price point with the knowledge that a portion of every single beer you drink from the Lady Justice Brewing Company goes back into your community by promoting the status of women and girls. So we've got those numbers worked out, we just haven't gotten to use them yet. Uh, (laughs) One day. (laughs) One day, real soon.
0: We'll be back in a moment, but hey, I've got exciting news. Revival is a podcast from Scale to One Million, a small business training platform and community. And Scale to One Million is offering a live event on June 3rd about charting a course in these uncertain times. Essentially, figuring out how to disrupt in this new economy. You'll learn about how to pivot your business, how to leverage a unique value proposition, and also how to create one and a sneak peek at our transformative financial fusion formula and its role in growing revenue and defining a path forward. Scale to 1 million is on a mission to revitalize communities everywhere through the power of small business. We help small businesses find their footing and grow, and we serve all different kinds of industries Our simple and easy to use tools have generated more than $760 million worth of growth for small businesses in over 200 industries. You don't want to miss this event. So head to scale to 1 million.com. That's with the number one and register for this event today. But then secondly, I, I think I've been really interested in a really persistent upcropping of small businesses that are socially driven and in every industry. And I don't know if that's or I don't, I just don't know if you have any thoughts on that, or if that's just um, something that you see beyond brewing in lots of different ways, or is this, um, is this like a, uh, a firecracker? You know, you shoot it off once and it's like, woohoo, or is it more uh, persistent? Is it going to last um, as a an emergent model for, for business? Big question.
1: My wife always says this when she's asked that question more, that's, we, all we ever want is more businesses to give back. Um, if you're investing in your community, your community is going to invest in you. That's what we've learned from our years working in nonprofit. Uh, and it's what we've learned living our lives. Um, I take the time to shop locally now because I'm a local business and I know how important it is. Um, I'm after this call, I'm hopping on my bike and going to pick up, some fish and chips from a food truck at the Dollar General because it's there and I want to help them. Like it's these things that I pay attention and I want to be a part of my community and know that the money I'm giving is going into my community members' pockets. So, you know, I would hope for the same for my business. Um, we've had so many breweries reach out across the world, which has been incredible, saying, Hey, we love your model. Um, mm-hmm. As far as we know from our research, we are the first. Fully female owned philanthropic brewery in the world. There have been more that have popped up since. Amazing. Great. More, more, please. Um, We love looking at organizations like Left Hand Brewing Foundation doing the Colorado Strong Beer. Amazing. Like more, more. Like, what are the ways we can give back? We're all about it. Um, So the more, the merrier. The more Tom Shoes style enterprises that exist. Great. We love
0: it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Before we go any further, let's talk about this tap room. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so you were brewing in essentially what is a jail cell. And yep. yes, we were. How long, <laughs> just, uh, you know, figured. Just a figured. <laughs> it's just a fact, I guess. How long did that setup persist? And then what was the path from there to opening, ideally? this tap room
1: yes so it's been an interesting path um the small space worked fabulously for us for a long time and then we just actually outgrew it we had too many people wanting csb memberships and we didn't have enough space to store bottles once we were bottling hand bottling them like it was getting exhausting and we wanted to figure out canning and we wanted we just didn't have the space um Around the time that our lease was coming to an end, we got a phone call from Laura Bruns at Factotum Brewhouse. Shout out. Amazing. Um, fellow female brewery owner, her and her brother Chris own Factotum, family-run brewery. And she was like, we have a crazy idea. You want to move in? Uh, so we shared taproom space with them for a year in the Sunnyside neighborhood. Um, and it was everything we needed to learn about how do you run a tap room? How does this work? How do you run promotions? How do you right? Like, how do you work when you have tap lines doing these different things? How do we host events? Um, How do we cross promote, like all these different things. And so we shared space with them for a year. And it was the learning curve that we needed to jump into. And it was so awesome to not have to do it, you know, head first into the pool. Uh, We were like feet first and waded in. Um, The plus for us is that we learned that we have a really hungry community for our beer, and that gave us the confidence to start shopping for our own space. And so We moved out in, I feel like it was last summer. It had to have been last summer. It feels like maybe two summers ago, but time is not real anymore. So I believe it was last June. Um, I think that Pride weekend was our last weekend. Um, And we did an awesome rainbow glitter beer release. And then we were out um, and shopping. And we had just had a moment in the fall of thinking we had found this awesome place. Someone reached out to us and said, we want you to have it come on in uh, and then finding out the renovations for it would be way big. So we were like, okay, we well, fundraise, we'll figure it out. That was the plan. And I was bored um, on the light wall, scrolling and looking at LoopNet, like any casual business owner does. And I saw a space come up that's a brewery for sale or for lease. Um, all equipment included, you know, this wonderful, sounding big and I looked and there wasn't a price associated, but they said like willing to negotiate. And so I handed the phone over to Betsy and I was like, yeah, we gotta call them. And she was like, I guess. So that uh, got to view the space on a Thursday. And I didn't even go because we had been looking at so many spaces that I was like, there's no way it's gonna work out. And Betsy came home and she said, that's it. Like that's, mm. that is the Lady Justice Brewing tap Room. I mean, it came with everything we needed. Um, so they were, the lease included everything. That's extraordinary. Um, furniture and like a really neutral palette for us to work with. So we closed on that space and then three days later, the governor called for all restaurants and tap rooms to cease, uh, <laughs> function. So oh. we've, we've barely been there. Um, however, we have been able to brew in the space. Um, Since breweries are still able to sell curbside beer, we are under the essential business designation. And so we're functioning, following all the rules. Um, It's been great to be at 50% capacity when there's like four of us, uh, five of us. So we have an amazing brewer, uh, Amy Sode from, uh, she brewed with 300 Sums and Renegade Brewing. Um, So she's been in there just like cranking out beer that um, gave us the opportunity Right when things were closed, we had already gotten four beers into the 12 we were planning to brew and we decided, okay, we got to figure it out. You know, how does one switch a business in the middle of a global pandemic when they weren't planning on switching the business? Um, so we went back to the CSB model. Hmm. We hand up, crawlered up our beer uh, from our um, crawler machine from Crawler Nation and we Cranked it out for sales, um, doing 750 milliliters of really good beer that was ready to go for our consumers. And then also included donations. You could purchase beer to donate to frontline workers. Um, So that combo was an immediate way for us to give back. And then sales from our CSB this round are going to the Aurora Mental Health Center's PATH program, which works with people experiencing homelessness in um, Aurora.
0: That's so cool that's really cool aside from so basically just to kind of pretty bow uh, around some of this is (laughs) right now you have community supported beer memberships in essence and people can buy from you get a certain amount of beer every so often thanks to that membership and that's the way that you're keeping everything afloat for now
1: for now and it's We're doing it a little differently. So the way that we used to release CSBs traditionally, um, you would buy a three-month membership, and you would come and pick up that beer every month. This time, since we had the beer ready, and because people want beer, uh, we decided to release four 25-ounce cans um, immediately. And so that's actually worked out really well for us, because it's given us the ability to showcase the different types of beer we make in one sitting, which we haven't been able to do when we were at Factotum, we usually had about two beers on tap. And so it's been hard to roll out what we have. This way we were able to do, we've been calling it like a beer for everybody. Kind of set the baseline and the story that we wanted to tell, Mm -hmm. um, which for me has always been, we are focused on great beer, better world. We want drinkable beers. We're not here to make anything crazy boozy. We're not here to rock your palate in a way that's like, ugh getting people, having people have a couple beers, learn about the just Lady Justice mission, and then figure out like, okay, I do want to be a part of this nonprofits giving story. Like that's the story we want to tell, like all community all the time. And just at this point, it's day by day figuring out when do we think we can open and what will opening look like? What does it look like when you need to have your mask off to drink beer? Um, what does it look like if we want to set up sanitizer stations? What is like, we're we're trying to figure it out. We're on Colfax. We're in a space where people wanna just be able to pop in um and hang out. And we don't we don't know yet. So just going along with the rules and doing our best and aggressively sanitizing. I was just texting my wife, like, you're dipping the beer and sanitizer before you hand it out. And she was like, Duh, in gloves. And I was like, Oh okay, yeah, I just haven't been
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, actually, I I um I do want to turn to that. I, I like to turn to some of these questions to business owners and uh, a, about this crisis. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like one of the more painful things is just the incredible amount of uncertainty that we're all facing. And especially because, as you point out, no one really knows when this will all end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... What I would like to know for you personally is how you've been maybe coping with or or facing this uncertainty in this crazy moment.
1: Yeah. Um, Me personally, I have a unique situation. Um, I've been sick for the better part of a year um, Mm. with a brain disorder Mm. and I'm getting it figured out. But the good and the bad of that is it has kept me at home already for about a year um, here and there. So I got driving clearance back in October. I got a job at Sticker Giant in Longmont right after that, and now I'm back home. (laughs) So um, that part has been very strange for me personally, but also like I'm kind of used to being here at this point, and that gives me a little bit more freedom to feel comfortable. Um, I read a meme a couple days ago that someone posted their Instagram story that was like, I think we're all just waking up to the fact that We're uncomfortable because we were living in this cloak of what we thought was certainty. Um, Nothing's ever certain, right? Um, And that's something I've learned in being sick. Um, The plus for that is, okay, if we're all living in this like floating question mark, then we're all living in that together. So what does that mean? Like, can we be a little kinder? Can we be a little more gentle? Can we be a little more patient? Um, And that attitude has kept me pretty calm. Um, I can't say the same for my wife (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) and the tap. Um, right. She's, she's a very calm person. Let me be clear. Um, but that part has been, we're not the only people who are uncertain. Um, the Brewers Association put out a call asking when do you guys think that you can make it to, if you were to have to stay closed and a lot of places said no more than three months. Um, that's a really tough fact. There are so many breweries that exist in a tap room only space that don't have a crawler machine in house that don't have any canning near them that don't have the option to get their beers to go. Um, I've seen different places take, like bring in your milk jugs. Um, these very, it's just people doing what they can to get by. Um, and that's the hard part. And the magic of the brewing community is, um, people reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, it's worked for me or. This mobile canning line, let's all come together and ask them and split the cost, bring our kegs to a place and get our beer canned. Like, Let's try something different. Um, Innovation in the craft beer space has given me a lot of comfort because everybody's willing to try. Um, Our options are try or fail. Um, And so everyone's trying. And that part has been really good to see. We've had so many good conversations with fellow business owners. Baba and Pops pierogies just opened down the street from us like the same day. And then they were like, LOL, this is our only day open and now we have to close. And they, but they've been, they were a food truck and they were rocking farmer's markets before with frozen pierogi and they're doing it again. Like everybody's adapting and figuring out these really unique ways to be. um, And it's really heartwarming. Um, I feel very, very confident that when it's safe for us to open, we will do so. Um, That might not mean that we're ready to open up when the state says, um, because we want to keep ourselves safe and keep our patrons safe and keep our community safe. We have vulnerable populations that come in and drink our beer. We want to keep them safe. Um, We're just confident because we have such rabid fans of Lady Justice that I hold so dear in my heart are i just can name people and i can tell you their stories because they have come in and hung out and we've had them to our house for dinner and it's just the community aspect has made me realize that i mean lady justice could shut down tomorrow and the spirit won't die um i'm you know coming at it with that attitude has been very easy for me um because of how i function i'm trying to yeah, on a level chill playing field, um, mm-hmm. because I've kind of learned over the past year that like nothing's for certain. So you gotta kind of roll with what you got. and um, that piece has been really great. That's
0: great. Somehow. Okay, last question. Okay. What are a few things that give you hope right now?
1: <sighs> so our community is full of the most amazing patrons of um, we have so many people who purchase CSB beers and they don't drink. um, And they're giving them to their friends who are frontline workers. They're giving them to their neighbors and saying, hey, I haven't met you before, but my name is blank and I'm right next door. We can talk over the fence. Let me know how you like that beer. Um, I have hope in the fact that we have such an incredible team, the Lady Justice family, We have people who volunteer, people who have been with us since the beginning. Um, um, And our team of folks who are working, Amber, Paul, Laura, Morgan, Ian, Joey, Ryan, Angie, Colleen. I'm like naming anybody I can think of. People who have shown up and said, can I deliver beer for you? Um, I'm happy to pop on a mask and gloves and hand sanitize the bottle or the cans as I hand it to the person. Um, These people who want to see us succeed and our customers who want to see that, sharing our posts every time that we post them, um, tagging us in different things of small business grants. Uh, Just like anything you can think of this community of people who love us because we love them is the reason social enterprise works. So that just the love of our community and the way we get to love them right back with good beer is awesome.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It has been such a pleasure. Thanks again so much to Alison Wisneski for joining us. Lady Justice is offering to go beer sales and delivery and takeout on some select days through the week. So you can visit ladyjusticebrewing.com for their menu and links to purchase their beer and learn more about their mission. You can also follow them on Instagram at ladyjusticebrewing. And again, if you're a small business owner or entrepreneur looking for a path forward, head to scale1million.com, that's with the number one, to register for our live event on June 3rd. Thanks to Crystal Husky, Robert Smith, and Quinn Tenorio for their support in producing this podcast. See you next week.